It's a slippery slope, my friend. It is. It is. And and I know, you know, you always go down the, like, you always, you agree with a lot of things, but when it comes to just a free, just freedom in general and taking away any of your freedoms, that's normally where you draw your line. Even if, even if you agree with a lot of the stuff that they're doing, if it's taking away some of your freedoms, you, you disagree with that. Mm-hmm. And that's where, I, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with what you're saying. Like it's, they could do these things without you knowing about it if they wanted to. But the fact that they're telling you that you have to, that now you're being forced to do something and that's taking away freedom. The Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Before we get started, I want to remind you all one more time to go to buyjack.com slash CEP to pick up all of your CEP network gear today. And also go to truenutrition.com. And when you go there and you get all the supplements and nutrition supplies that you need, you're in checkout. Be sure to enter the code CEPN for a 5% discount on your total order. Now, for this episode, Colt and I bring you a cerebral chat that we titled Social Media, Vaccinations, and Horse Dewormer. During this episode, you will hear us discuss the anxiety surrounding work and leisure, rest and recovery after experiencing an injury in the gym, a little disc golf, the ivermectin vaccination conversation, the ongoing COVID craziness in Australia, and how social media is perpetuating the insanity, and much, much more. Ladies and gentlemen, this is all in our efforts to keep your brain nice and warm out there. So without further introduction, here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me as always is my good friend Colt. I'm here. And I'm glad you are. Me too, dude. Especially since it's your studio, but also it's just good to uh, sit here and discuss all things that are happening in life right now with you. Uh Uh-huh. And to share that, to disseminate with the CEP universe out there, Mm -hmm. the network of people that actually listen to our show. It's nice to have you all out there. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because uh, even if you weren't here, we'd still probably do it because we're dumb, but. We would. <laughs> we'd still have fun doing it, though. Absolutely. It's just nice to know that there are a couple listeners out there. So that's that's fun. It just makes you feel, I don't know, cool to have headphones on and. Yeah. Have a mixer in front of you and microphones and all that good stuff, I guess. I, I, I don't disagree at all. And <laughs> I also think that we've got all of this stuff in our heads. That we just, if we don't get it out, then I don't know, I might explode. This is like therapy is what you're saying. It is a lot like therapy. Gotcha. Yes. It is a joint effort in keeping you and myself sane mm-hmm. in this tumultuous and crazy world that we live in, especially nowadays. Yeah. And we'll get to that. But first, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Marshall now is how old? Uh, he will be a month old on Tuesday. A month old. That's Two days crazy. from now. Crazy. It. it and I was just telling my wife yesterday, I was like, you know, they say that time goes by fast and I don't know that I have the right to say that time goes by fast because he's only a month old, you know, because you have people who are like, oh, my kid just turned 18 and in a, bl- in a blink of an eye, like they were just a baby yesterday, you yes. know, uh-huh. that kind of thing. But still it's, it's, it's weird. And, and, you know, we're kind of on opposite, me and my wife are on opposite schedules right now because she kind of takes over the night shift and I take over the day shift with them and stuff. And mm-hmm. By the time that I wake up in the morning and take over and then she goes to sleep, you know, and I feed him and all that good stuff. And he, you know, he eats every two to three hours. So it's like, 
it just feels like it seems like I'm just constantly feeding him. Like it's not like he doesn't stop eating. Yes. It's just one big bottle all the time. <laughs> you know, it's weird, but it just time time goes by really fast. It's just like in an instant. By the time that she goes to sleep and then wakes back up, it's like it just feels like it's eight o'clock at night already again. Like the day's gone. Yeah. You know. So, you know, I've got two more days where I gotta go back to work after being off for off of work for a month. So I got that to look forward to. It's got that little bit of anxiety feeling, you know, that pr- people get pretty much every weekend, I think. I don't know. What, what do they call that? It's like a Sunday thing. They say like mid-afternoon on Sunday, you get something that's like a, I don't know, like in the pit of your stomach. It's like an anxiety that you got to go back to work the next day. Hmm, I don't know. Do you ever get that? I don't. Okay. I, I don't. Not anymore. Okay. Because this is a spiderweb subject, but it's your fault because you brought it up. You're welcome. Um. The thing is, I get on to people that I work with. I, I shouldn't say get on to them. I, I try to give them some perspective is, is what I mean. Because the old song, you know, everybody's working for the weekend. Mm-hmm. You, you remember that old song? Mm-hmm. Crappy song. No offense, but it's <laughs> song's not, <laughs> not really. I don't care either way, but I, I don't care for the song. But I don't live my life just to get to those two days that I have. Yeah. And enjoy those. Mm-hmm. And so I'm fortunate, though. I have a job that I, I'm actually driven to. I'm passionate about what I do. That helps a lot. Yeah. You know? And so for people who aren't as fortunate as me to have a, a job that, that they really, really enjoy doing, mm-hmm. it, it must be a lot more difficult. But I try to redirect folks to not just live for those two days, man, because right. make you got to make your whole week. Right. That, you know, so I don't have that anxiety. Gotcha. And once again, it kind of goes back to the last discussion that we had. If you don't have a job where you can feel that way, where you can do that, yeah, it might be worth, you know, either looking into it or taking a little more time to reflect on what you do have and really be grateful for that and, mm-hmm. and try to have a fresh perspective because there's that work-life balance. You know, your job affords you, A, to pay your bills, but also if you're doing it, you know, right and if you're fortunate enough, then you have a job where you can go in and, and you get the job done and enjoy the rest of your life without that job like breaking you down or causing you a lot of stress or anything like that. So right. either A, find, a, you know, find you another job where you don't feel like you have to have that pit in your stomach on Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. or take fresh perspective, you know? And so spiderweb over, okay? That, that was just my little <laughs> two cents about that. But Well, it's just, it's just like, you know, even people who enjoy their job, you know, that time off is still something you cherish, True. right? It is. You know, whether you have kids at home that you want to be with or, you know, whether you just want to go home and mow the yard, that's your relaxing time or whatever, you know. It just like your the the high tension from work or anything like that just kind of lowers, you know, like midday Friday, you're like, all right, we're almost here. Right. You know, tomorrow's Saturday, heck yeah. And then Saturday it's like ease. There's not, you know, you got the whole day. You don't have to worry about going to work the next day. And then you get up Saturday, Sunday morning and you're comfortable and all of a sudden you get into like the afternoon. You're like, all right, well, now it's time to start getting back in the swing of things. And, you know, you have two kids that are in school, you know, so you not only have the work thing, but you got to get kids ready to go back to school the next day and mm-hmm. all that good stuff, too. So it's, you know, it's it, I don't know that it's a bad anxiety. It's just like a, you just know, you know, the, the next work week's coming. And especially if you're in a job where you don't necessarily know like how things, you know, like you don't do factory work, you do something where you're fighting fires all the time or, you know, you're just, just working to, uh, you know, just to try to make things easier Yeah. and you don't know from day to day what's going to happen. You know, I can see how anxiety would be a little higher. I guess so. I, I get that though during vacation. It's like I, mm-hmm. right before the vacation, I'm stoked. I'm so happy. I'm pumped. 
But come the the second to the last day, it always happens the second to the last day. Mm-hmm. I get this this conscious feeling, or the, or this you know, of course it starts with a thought, but I get this awareness that vacation's almost over. Mm-hmm. It's almost over, and I it, I don't want to let it like destroy my enjoyment for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. But it's this dark cloud. It's like man, I don't want this to end, and I want to work on that too, on that not being a thing. You know, you know, because vacation's good, but I shouldn't like not want to just live for vacation either. Just like right. I don't want to live for Saturday and Sunday. That's what I hate. Like, you know, me and my wife enjoy flying. Like if we're going to go on vacation somewhere that's a decent, you know, decently far away, I mm. would rather fly than drive. Right now, of course, that situation has changed a little bit, but I would rather fly than drive any day. And the main reason why is because you get more time vacationing when you fly. Yeah. If not, you know, you're okay. You say, I'm going to take off Monday through Sunday. All right. Well, Monday is driving. And if you're going somewhere where you have to stay overnight, then maybe Monday and the beginning of Tuesday is driving. Mm-hmm. And then, then you're vacationing. And then, but the, you know, the day before, you got to leave. All you're thinking about all day long is, well, we got to get stuff packed. We got to get stuff ready to leave tomorrow. And then that whole day is driving back home. And then you're right back to work again. Yeah. You know, I hate that feeling so much. I mean, I know you can get, still get the anxiety from flying because you got to go through, you know, all the stuff it takes to get through to fly. Mm-hmm. But that, I, I just, I would so much rather fly anywhere than drive. You know, the TSA has to check your packages. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm I'm an anxious flyer anyway, but I totally totally agree with your point. Mm-hmm. I usually don't fly, uh, especially with kids, because yeah. that's especially with my son. That would be an absolute nightmare. Yeah, I think he would actually like it, but he doesn't stay still for very long. Well, you know, I had an idea. Um, I actually got it from a, a good friend of ours. So, I have some friends of mine that are getting married in Florida in January, and, um. I had the idea because of a friend of mine just did it. Uh, they went to Kansas City, him and his wife and their baby went to Kansas City. So they had his parents come along with them. They got an Airbnb. They actually went to the Beartooth concert in Kansas City. Hmm. So her, his parents went with them. They stayed in Airbnb. His parents stayed and watched the their son. And then they went to the concert and came back. It's like, dude, that is a great idea. You don't have to, you know, your your baby's still there. You don't have to worry about being worried all the whole time you're gone that he's, you know, that anything bad could be going wrong or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to might do the same thing with him in Florida. We might just go ahead and drive down there, get an Airbnb on the beach mm-hmm. and, you know, stay a couple extra days. So like maybe drive down, then have a day before the wedding to hang out on the beach and do whatever we want, then do the wedding and then have another day to just do whatever we want and then drive back the next day. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to have a small vacation to do that. And you know, your kid's there. You're not like, Oh, you know, 16 hours away from them mm-hmm. or anything like that. I really like that idea. Yeah, absolutely. And I, but you know, I, I, when I was talking about Airbnbs with my buddy that's down there, he was like, well, why don't you, why don't you guys just fly down there? And I was like, I don't want to be that guy with a crying baby on the plane. I mean, you know, it may be only be a three hour flight, but unless you can plan that perfectly in between his feedings and his poopings and all that kind of stuff, he's going to cry at some point. And I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. And he, he's going to need to feed and he's going to poop uh-huh. because you've got to also calculate the time in the airport as well, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. and, and that's a, that's more of a chaotic time. Like at least on the plane, you're just sitting there yeah. for a little bit. The airport. Ugh, yeah. I hate airports. On top of that is I'm, I'm not, we, we are not in position in a society right now for me to take my, ba- my baby on a plane to fly somewhere. Yeah. Not true. happening. 
I, I barely want to take them out of the house right now mm-hmm. just because, you know, there's stuff out there. Yeah, I know. Boogie, <laughs> boogeyman's out there. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of different forms. Yeah. And yeah, the boogeyman is real, but he, he is definitely out there. Mm-hmm. But back to the point of like the kids and, and the time flying. I've always thought, well, ever since I was at least semi-adult, that time flies by. I've always just noticed that. It's like, man, where did the time go? Mm-hmm. But when, once you have kids, dude, it, it hits. Like, it hits different. It's, yeah. a, it's a real thing. Yeah. Because it seems like I was just thinking about this earlier today. Uh, I was out in the garage and, and just doing some house cleaning and some rearranging. And we finally started shifting all the kids' toys, their different toys that they've collected. We've collected it for the past 10 years, or well, 12 years, almost 13 for, for my girl. But we've we just have this massive amount of toys, and it didn't really get rid of much up until like more recently. Like we just now started shifting all that stuff out to the garage and to the shed to either give away or throw away. Probably, mm-hmm. I, I doubt most of it's not good enough to like sell. You know, so if I can find somebody who needs toys or wants toys, I just give it away. Right. Like my niece that comes over sometimes, she goes shopping because she's still like what, six or something like that. So those toys are still relevant. Mm-hmm. But it just hit me. It's like my kids don't really play with toys anymore. And my, my 10 year old, he, you know, he's more into the tech, you know, mm-hmm. and my, my 12, almost 13 year old, her last standout was like Barbies, mm-hmm. you know, and she, only if there's a younger kid around, will she play with them with the Barbies and stuff, you right. know? So it's like the end of an era. And and you look back on it and say, man, where did the time go? I, I kind of, miss, it's kind of sad. And I was given some sage advice a long time ago to enjoy every single developmental period, mm-hmm. right? Just enjoy it all because they're not going to stay the same. They're going to grow. But there's a little bit of sadness like, man, right? that's gone. Yeah. You know? Did, do you feel like growing up that that's the way it felt? Like, I feel like the older I get, the more it seems like time goes by faster. Yeah. Did you feel that way when you were a kid though? Like, maybe it's just because we, we had a different perspective back then. I don't know. It just felt like, when you didn't have as many worries when you were younger, when you were a kid, you didn't have bills to pay and things to, to worry about. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like time flew by that fast. I agree. Yes. With what you said. Yeah. But, but also you have to look at the different milestones that you look for mm-hmm. as a kid. Like when you become aware that, Oh, it's going to be cool when I get to drive. So you're looking forward to turn 16. Mm-hmm. Right. So looking forward to that, just, I, th- I think that, perceptually slows down time, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're looking forward to being 18 because why not? You get to graduate high school, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Then of course you look forward to being 21. Mm-hmm. And I think it's right around that after that, you're like, damn, what am I looking forward to now? Yeah. So you're looking forward to more uh, circumstances that are going to happen, like the birth of a child or, or getting married or graduating college or, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not really so much time-based. It's just when you get those things done, when, when, when they're accomplished. Yeah. And so I, th- I think that has a lot to do with it because as, as a kid, no, time doesn't seem to fly by. Another thing is because you're, you're trudging through the school year, right? And you're just waiting for the school year to be over with so you can have summer break. Right. And it just seems like it took forever to But the get summer through. breaks didn't take very long, did they? They didn't, right? <laughs> yeah, true. So it just depends on what milestones that you're looking forward yeah. to, I think. That's the only way that could, I, I think we, in our own minds, we manipulate the flow of time. Yeah. At least the perception of it, you know? Right. I mean, we've got, we've got people in our life that 
it's just go, go, go. They got like a big family that has, you know, it seems like there's a kid's birthday every other weekend and, uh, you know, a family that everybody's close. So everybody goes to all the kids' birthdays and on top of friends' birthdays and all that kind of stuff and church and, you know, all these different things. It's like every weekend it's go, go, go. Like anytime you message them, be like, hey, you want to get together? They're like, uh, from like four to five on Saturday. Yeah. That's all we got, you know. Uh-huh. I That's just not... That's not how I grew up, and that gives me anxiety. Like to to think that even on my days off, I there's no downtime. It's just go go go, and then the next thing I know, I'm right back at work again. You know that that stuff gives me anxiety. I'm, I mean, I'm sure once my kid gets older, that you know it's going to get a little more hectic, like that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I just didn't grow up that way. You know, I was always my weekends. I was maybe at a friend's house or a friend was here hanging out or something. But that was about that was about it. You know, we weren't going, going, going all the time. And now to see people doing that, but they're also people who they're in the moment everywhere they are. So if they're at a kid's birthday party, they're, you know, in the moment, they're not worried about going back to work on Monday. They're not worried about the next thing that's happening. They're just here because this is what they're doing. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think that's important. And I, it's, it's not the easiest thing for me to do. I'm always looking at my next move. I'm always looking at what's coming next. Do I need to have anxiety because this is coming? Do I need to be worrying about this? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, those kinds of things. These people, you know, the people I'm talking about are just like, you know, it, we're here. We're doing this. We're supposed to be here. This is where we're supposed to be. Right. And this is what we're doing. We'll, we'll face the next thing whenever we get to it. So I think that's the key. I think it's the key mm-hmm. to mitigate the anxiety that you could have. Mm-hmm. Because what you just said was, should I have anxiety about this? <laughs> right. Well, should you have anxiety, period? Right. Because, you know, honestly, you some days or some weeks, some weekends, whatever, you're going to have a lot of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And when you own a house and you've got kids and you've got other responsibilities, then those things pile up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, I have taken some time off here and there from, you know, when the grass needs cut or there's cleaning to do or, or something to do, I put it off, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy this time because I don't get to do it very often just to sit on this recliner and watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, that just sounds like something that I, I am going to do for myself. Right. But I notice that when I do that, I look back and, I, man, I wish I would have done that instead. I wish I would have got that done because then mm-hmm. it would have been out of the way. Right. Because for me, that's how anxiety builds up, mm-hmm. um, not getting those things done, not getting those things accomplished. Right. Well, I mean, I, I see, and I'm sure you've seen people like this too, but like, um, you know, you work with people and all of a sudden you see a guy, he took a, he took a week off, you know, just went, you know, took a vacation. All right, cool. And then he comes back and you're like, you know, what'd you do? Where would you guys go on vacation? Did you go do this? He goes, no, I mowed the yard and I, you know, I worked on the deck and, you know, I did this, that, and the other, just stuff around the house all week. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> but but to me, it's weird because another thing, you know, we took like one vacation a year. We, that was that one week where you went to Texas or you went, or you went to do this, that, and the other, but it, it was that one week where you actually you know, got to get away from the house, get away from work and everything and actually go do something. But that week was special. Mm-hmm. Like that was vacation week. Yeah. You know, and outside of that, it was just work and school. That was it. You know, so it's weird to just see somebody take a week of vacation and just to mow the yard and just to, you know, clean up around the house. But some people enjoy doing that. And, and you know, the, the things, the things like that, cleaning up the house and mowing the yard and all that kind of stuff that some people hate 
is actually relaxing for some people and just something they enjoy doing. They just can't get around to doing it because they got kids running around the house or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that, or they're on overtime at work or something along those lines. For so. me also, it's not just, I don't, I mean, I don't mind cutting the grass and working outside. It's like, it doesn't bother me. I like mm-hmm. being out there and stuff, but it's not for the pure enjoyment that I would do that because I have taken time off in order just to get a lot of stuff done. Mm-hmm. It makes the rest of my life so much easier Mm -hmm. because like I said, that stuff piles up and working, you know, all the hours throughout the week, having kids in school, all the other priorities that one has in life and the other things that you just do, you know, whether it be podcasting, disc golf in the gym, whatever the case, it's hard to fit everything in. Mm -hmm. And it feels really good when I can just take some time and just get that stuff done. It lowers my anxiety levels for the rest of Mm-hmm. the rest of my life right. until they pile up again, of course, <laughs> of course, which is bound to happen. Yeah. But if you can just kind of put these moments in time, these, these little chunks of time in your life where you can get that stuff done for me, like when I, when I can come home to a clean house and it looks nice and everything's polished, you know, it actually looks good, mm-hmm. which we don't get to do that very often right? because the kids just come through like Tasmanian devils and wreck it anyway. But plus, you just don't have a lot of time. Right. And the same goes for the yard work. You know, I've got, I got me a chainsaw, by the way. Nice. I'm officially like full out manhood. I've got a chainsaw and I'm going to start cutting stuff down. See, I I'm, I got one uh, for Christmas like four, three, four years ago. And I haven't even used it. Never? No. And wow. that's And it's, it's not good because it's one of those things where it's like, if my wife goes out in the shop and she just sees it sitting there on the floor, she's yeah. like, hmm. I bought that. Right. Still hasn't been used. Can't believe he begged for that thing and he still hasn't used it. Dude, you should come over. I've got plenty of stuff to cut. Mm-hmm. So you should come over and we could just run dual chainsaws, just start be, cutting. Dude, we, yeah. there would be so much testosterone going on. <laughs> I know. It would be, be great. awesome. But no, I'm actually in the same situation right now, too, because I have two disc golf baskets sitting in the garage mm-hmm. that I haven't used very much. And I'm just worried that before long, she's going to start looking at that and being like, glad I paid for those. And they're just sitting in the garage. That's neat. Right. So I'm going to have to start at least putting in the garage or something. You should. You should. <laughs> Could have to. Get your 10, 15 footers down uh-huh. like to where you're not missing, which you probably aren't 10, 15 feet much anyway. Hey, by the but... way, did you see... Uh... Yes. The putting uh-huh. league. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. For anybody, I don't know if it, anybody in this area that's listening, but Bullpen Sports Bar and Grill, I think mm. is what it's called. In Lettington. In Lettington. They're uh, doing... I don't know. Are they doing it there? I assume. Are I... they just sponsoring it or something? I'm not sure. I, my understanding is that they are. they are doing it in the building. That's cool. So they, they must have enough space because it, it goes from, well, go ahead and finish explaining what they're doing. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's a putting, uh, it's basically like a league, but it's a putting league instead mm-hmm. of actually playing, you know, full on disc golf. It's literally, it's putting, but I think it's only like a certain amount of putts a, a mm-hmm. week, right? Yeah. And it's in different distances. You get five putts. Man. You get one at 10, 15, 20, 25 and 30, I think. Something like that. You know how, how good, how, how good you would get, how, uh, in a short amount of time, though, if you're just practicing that, mm-hmm. like I, I bet, I bet me and you, if we were just doing that, we'd shave off, it, you know, six or seven strokes instantly. Yeah, just off of our disc golf game. It, it's already like helped my game a lot because I have a basket at home mm-hmm. and I use it quite a bit. Yeah. Haven't lately because of the elbow. We yeah. might get to that, but yeah, it, it's it's helped me a ton because not just like practicing the putt, but really, really honing in on my form mm-hmm. and the the flip and just different things. The one thing I do got to work on more, though, is 
Like I'm doing different elevations at the house. That's pretty easy, but I need to start working around some more obstacles mm-hmm. because a lot of times you, your upshot lands you in a position where you're, you're shooting around something or mm-hmm. underneath something or you know what I'm saying. Right. There's something in the way. Yeah. And so I'm really, I need to move it around to different spots just so I make sure it's like something's annoying the crap out of me and I've got to <laughs> shoot around it. Right. But yeah, yeah. It, it definitely helps. It, it's helped my game quite a bit, although yeah. you wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But because I need my short game to really pick up, you know, yeah, some of my my mid game, my my long game too. So it's uh the, the that league though is it very interesting because it's it's the competition too, you know, and so you're really going to put your all. I catch myself sometimes at the house like practicing, but I got to be careful because I'm just like too lackadaisical, you know. You you got if you, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right, mm-hmm. you know. So you want to make sure you stay focused on, on what you're doing, right. And correct any you know little things that need to be corrected, you know, and not just be out there flipping them and not really paying well, attention to how when you are making them when you're making 30, 30 foot putts, you want to be able to make sure that you know how to replicate that. Right, and then you know doing it so much that after a while it just becomes a habit. Like that that exact that exact form down to the finger placement mm-hmm. is you know to a point where you've done it so much that it doesn't really take any thought to to put yourself in exactly the spot you need to be to make that putt. Right. You know, and then you can get a little bit lax, you know, just because you you're used to it now. Yeah. That I mean you I am notorious for overthinking. Mm-hmm. That's why I've always sucked at golf. Mm-hmm. Because through every swing, my my brain is it's my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I couldn't do it. it. The focus, I don't know. It was just not not for a game like that. This golf though, I've noticed especially I think especially on putting, maybe Maybe all around, but I've noticed it more on putting because I don't know because it's more exact, mm-hmm. right? You're not just shooting for this big amount of space. You now you're shooting for this little cage, right? But I noticed that when I can just get up there and as long as I'm confident, like you're saying, that muscle memory is there. If I'm confident, I just don't think about it. I just aim it up, bam, mm-hmm. let her fly. Yeah, and I, I make a lot more of my shots that way. You know, I'm just the, the confidence and the automaticity of it is just on point, as opposed to me sitting there thinking. But there are some variables, though, like wind, like, you know, shooting in a garage or something like that. You're not getting any of that wind factor. Mm-hmm. And when you get out there, dude, that one day I was at Mac not too long ago, it was the worst wind that I played in. And the baskets were all the way in the long spots, Dang. which that by itself on a couple mm-hmm. of those, it just, I, I, it just pisses me off from jump, right? Make, I mean, it can help you if you're in a, if you got a tailwind. But especially on those far ones, but yeah. out there, it seems like it's never a tailwind. It's always, it's always crosswind or it's right at your face. Yeah. The, the wind shifts depending on my shot mm-hmm. and it's always <laughs> shifting in the, the opposite direction of what would be beneficial. Uh-huh. I'm not sure how it works. You just throw it and it goes behind you somehow. Like what is <laughs> yeah, that? Right. Yeah. I'm no uh, meteorologist or wind expert, but I know that's how it works because <laughs> I've experienced it. <laughs> But no, it's uh, the wind really makes it even even with shorter putts. That's what amazes me. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes the tailwind's not good mm-hmm. when you're shooting at the basket and it's 15 feet away, and a normal shot just takes off over the basket. It's like yeah. how did how did that even happen? It right. didn't seem like that was even physically possible, mm-hmm. but it does. Yeah, depending on the wind, so you got to be careful with that. But anyway, yeah, my elbows really really been giving me trouble. So it, I haven't been able to get out and play disc golf now. What two weeks? When's the last time that I played? It was about two weeks ago. So I, haven't, I haven't played since before he got here. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I I wouldn't want to see what it's like. 
But then again, it might it might be okay because I'll get out there and like mm-hmm. expect that it's not going to be great, and that's when normally when I do a little better. Yeah. So just don't I just expect that it's not going to be great, and then I'll get like halfway through and be like, dude, I'm doing pretty good, and then I'll do terrible. Right. That's how that's how my game works. Yeah, mine does too to a large degree, but I think taking some time off is also good though, kind of mm-hmm. like in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, you take a little bit of time off, and then you get back out there with a fresh perspective. You know, you, you, like you're saying, you kind of let go of some of the mental torture that you put yourself through and mm-hmm. you've been practicing for so long and you expect that you're going to be better. And in my case, I'm not, you know, and so it, it, it tortures me sometimes. Well, I mean, you're comparing disc golf to the gym, though, and that's kind of rough because when it comes to the gym, you got all the cookies that you're eating outside the gym when you're taking that time off versus me, me and you had a pretty, True. pretty long discussion in the gym yesterday. Luckily, we were in the gym having this discussion, <laughs> not just like eating cookies, talking to each other at the house. Yeah. But uh, that that's been my biggest thing is that is the time off is great and like I told you before like my arm my sh- shirts are fitting a little tighter in the arms and stuff like that like I know that I'm I've gotten good um, I've, I've healed well and I you know I've gotten um, not rest what's the word I'm looking for recovery yeah recovery that's it uh, I've gotten good recovery over the past month or so but my body's also telling me dude you gotta you gotta get back in there yeah you know when I'm now I'm down to like you know, one to one or two meals a day and what I'm eating isn't great. You know, I've got to, I got to re refocus and I'm, I'm worried because I go back to work next week, which is fine. I'm ready to go back, but I'm just worried. Like I keep telling myself things are going to get better when you go back to work because you get that routine back. You get, you know, your schedule gets back to normal and stuff like that. I keep telling myself that, but I'm afraid <laughs> that it's not going to be true. <laughs> but I, I think it, I think it will. I think me and you've got kind of like a gym schedule worked out. And, uh, I think me and you are both have a, but even before my kid came, like me and you had a, a, an idea of what this winter is going to look like for both of us, right. training wise, diet wise, and all that kind of stuff. So we may be, uh, filling out some hoodies over the winter, but it's going to be in a good way. I think so. so. I think so. And we also knew, though, what this break was going to look like, too, Mm -hmm. to an extent. We knew that it was going to be, our routine was going to be broken apart. Mm -hmm. And so we anticipated that and was okay with it. You know, it didn't catch us by surprise. Because, I mean, this summer was pretty busy. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I went on three different trips, which some, some years I don't even go on any, right. you know, but I, but when I was able to go on three different trips this, this summer, um, you had a baby. And, and so we, we just knew that. And with, I, I had several different pretty big projects at work still ongoing, but they were really hitting all through the, like the latter part of the summer. Mm-hmm. There was no way we were keeping that routine. Right. And, and we had come to terms with that. So taking that break in anticipation though, that we're going to, reestablish that routine coming up in the, you know, the fall mm-hmm. and then into the winter, I think we're gonna, really going to hit it. But on the note of, of eating cookies and stuff, you know, that's, that's just a part of my problem is that when I'm working out, I, I can cheat a lot more, if you will. I don't have to watch my diet so much. I still should, but it doesn't affect me like as much, you know, because my metabolism's up, I'm working off the calories, you know, I'm just staying active, which I'm still pretty active, but not in the same way. Uh, but here lately, even though it seems like my diet is just in, it, I just went the opposite way in overdrive. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm eating a lot of snack cakes, zebra cakes. That's my jam. Yeah. And they've been my jam for a long time. But here lately, like it's been my jam, right? Yeah. That, that's my stuff. Hey, I have a quick question. Yeah. Is it, I don't know why I just thought of this. Is a zebra cake basically a 
Christmas tree cake. Just it has the di- a different like the the okay. crumble deals on the yeah. top. So it doesn't have the sprinkles. There's the no, zebra cake doesn't. Right. It's got a little bit of the cho- chocolate drizzle yeah, type on the top, like right? Yeah, it's just got like lines of chocolate drizzle. But it's the same cake inside, right? And the whites, the the white mm-hmm. uh, I think so. chocolate? Is that chocolate? I don't think so. I think it's, I mean, it's not like, what's that stuff called? The stuff you put on cakes that you like don't. frosting? Well, it's not frosting. It's the other stuff that's more decorative. Fondant? Fondant. Is that what it is? I think so, because I was thinking fondue. I was like, it's not fondue. Fondue is like a cheesy type of stuff. Yeah. Well, as soon as you said zebra cake, I was like, man, a Christmas tree cake would be good. Here's the thing, though, with zebra cakes. I mean, I know there's no difference in, like, the actual flavor or anything like that, but they make zebra cake rolls now, and they hit different, too. Yeah. Because it's it's the same, I believe it is the same amount of cake. Maybe not, but it's close to, but it's compacted into this roll, mm-hmm. this log. looks like mm-hmm. a Swiss cake roll, except mm-hmm. it's a zebra cake. Telling you what, man, those things, <laughs> I've got to be careful. Yeah. I've got to be careful. But I, I'm excited to get back in the gym like full force, given that this elbow thing corrects itself, man. And I have to assume it's tendonitis. I'm not going to go get it checked out unless I absolutely have to. I've had some elbow issues off and on, just like I do with my shoulders sometimes. When I work too hard in mm-hmm. the gym, I can start to feel it. Yeah. But it tends to go away, right? It, and it only comes back when I'm working that hard. So I n- never really paid a whole lot of attention to it. Never really give me any issues. This time's been different. Like this time, and I'm pretty sure I did it on the Preacher Curls that time. You remember that day. Because mm-hmm. um, I, f- I felt something that, ouch, that hurt. Mm-hmm. And so after that, though, I didn't slow down. You know, and I'm notorious for that, too. Yeah. Because I still think that I'm 20 years old. And my body says, no, no, you are not. Yeah. And this is one of those cases. And another main culprit though is disc golf you know this repetitive motion Mm -hmm. because i was taking it easy in the gym because we weren't in there we had all this stuff going but i was still on the course quite a bit playing disc golf and that i believe is really what exacerbated it Mm -hmm. and then i went back to the gym again did some arms had an arm day and that just did me in. i'm like crap man i've got to like take it easy i have to force myself to not put myself through that pain i was waking up in the middle of the night, in the morning, and I could barely move my arm. Really? Like, I'm still having trouble. If I'm picking something up, I'll, like this can, I'm picking it up, mm-hmm. I have trouble, like, gripping it. Yeah. Like, it's affecting my grip. It's affecting wow. my motion. It's it's pretty bad. It's, it's like, it's a real thing. Yeah. But I can already, it's better right now because I'm resting it. Mm-hmm. But I just, I can't not use it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the only thing that you, if you're not wanting to go to a doctor or anything like that, I, I wouldn't go to a regular doctor for it anyways, because all the doctor's going to do is try to give you a pain med more yeah. than likely and just say, Maybe. and just say, put ice on it and, and it'll get better. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm, I would tell you to do too. And, you know, you said you've been icing it, which is good, mm-hmm. but keep an ice on it. And uh, honestly, rest, recovery, ice, and then it wouldn't hurt to get into the gym and just do very light bicep curls. Because just enough to where you can, can, you know, slowly contract your bicep and get blood in that area. I mean, that's what blood does. It helps heal and helps your recovery, right? Yeah. So if you can slowly, to where you're not, you know, hurting your hurting yourself, you know, even if it's 10-pound dumbbells, you know, get a little bit of a, you know, a comfortable contraction in there and try to get some blood into that area a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, that's, I mean, that's about as good as you can do. I mean, you know, people wear braces and all that kind of stuff all the time, but I don't know what it really... I guess people feel more comfortable with them sometimes, but I've I've never worn a brace for anything. I I just, I've never, it just seems to me like it holds it in one area. Yeah. You know? And I guess if if you, if you 
if it's hurting that bad to where it needs to stay in one spot and heal, I get it that way, but there's just been nothing that I've had that I needed to do that. Right. The only thing that I've ever done is when I had tendonitis in my knees pretty bad, I would wear knee wraps when I would do like leg press and stuff like that. But then it got to a point to where I couldn't even, even knee wraps didn't help me anymore. My knees just hurt so bad. So I actually had to go to Dr. Jeff Huck and uh, he has an ultrasound machine where he would do the ultrasound on it and it actually decreased the swelling of my knees almost instantly. Mm. It's pretty good. So that's I think I mentioned that to you too. He does yeah. have that ultrasound machine and it does do wonders. So it might be an option too. Don't even have to run through insurance if you don't want to. I, I'm sure you'd probably go in and say, hey, uh, I need this done. Here's some money. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Well, and I've been doing some research on just some physical therapy exercises for this condition. Mm-hmm. And so working on it, I, I've wanted to let it heal to some degree before I even started messing with it at all. You know, I'm still in the gym. I'm just not pushing like super heavy weights. And I'm taking it easy when it, there's certain movements like, you know, the curls. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did the last time I really was like, oh, crap, this is a real deal. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to get out of this one just by doing nothing. Right. Um, other than that, though, mo- most of my movements still pretty solid. That's the big one. But I, I have, uh, I'm going to take my own route and try to use some just basic physical therapy stuff that I find on my good friend Google's, uh, <laughs> by, by his direction. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, my buddy Caleb, Caleb Stegall, he also recommended the, the, the elbow wrap or the elbow brace for disc golf. And he referenced a couple of professionals that use that. I, I'm more curious about that than I am in, in wearing one for the gym mm. because of all of the, the mechanics of throwing a disc golf, the disc how it just kind of, you know, twists the elbow and all that movement and it's repetitive. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to research that and see if I can find a good brace to try out for that and mm-hmm. see if it's effective. And who knows, maybe it'll actually improve my game. Maybe. It couldn't make it any worse, <laughs> right? <So. laughs> well, if that's the case, you could pretty much use anything. I don't know if this is a good argument or not. <laughs> the one thing... You could use whisk cake rolls if you wanted to. <laughs> and, and I, it would make your game z- zebra cake rolls. I'll, I'll be willing to try. <laughs> but the the one thing, and this is stupid, it's silly. But the last time I played, I was by myself. I went to Angler, and yet again, I played my best game that I played out there. Did I, I will admit I gave myself one mulligan on the hole eighteen? But that was cheater. It. That was cheater. It. But I cheater. I admitted it. <laughs> That's the thing. If you admit it, then it's not cheating anymore. It's oh. just you know the whole game. I gave myself one anyway. Um, I made one of the longest putts that I've ever made. And it was, it was to save par. And I told myself like this, this will really like bring up your game for the rest of the day if you make this. But the key is I put, you know, and I think you, you know, this, this uh, tactic that I have, but I put mint in my mouth. I take mints with me and I put a mint in my mouth for putting. Now it's a thing. And when I have a mint in my mouth, I, I, I don't know. I just hone in. I'm on. Why would on I? Know, why would I know of this technique? Because I, I thought I thought that I've had mints out there before. <laughs> well, maybe, but I, I didn't think it was a thing. I thought you just your breath stunk. And you <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's how it started. Does it just give your mind something else to think about while you're? I, I think so. I think it just it? it just has a calming effect, you know. And it's just like any a lot of sports players have little quips or, or little um, uh, superstitions yeah. that they use, like they they won't wash their socks until they you know lose a game or whatever. I stick a mint in my mouth and it just, it tends to align the planets for me. And my yeah. thing, my thing is music when I'm out there. Mm-hmm. I, I got big into, 
you know, especially like there, there for a long time we were lifting, there was this gap between when I got off of work and when you got off of work to meet at the gym. So I would normally go out and play disc golf, uh, nine or 18 holes between there and then meet up at the gym with you. And I got to the point where I was just putting my headphones in while I was, while I was playing. And, you know, there was a couple of times where, you know, I'm like first three holes, I'm, you know, I'm at, I'm even, I'm, you know, at par. And I, then I realized it and I'm like, oh crap, it's cause I wasn't even thinking about what I was doing. I was just playing. I was just ma- mainly paying attention to the music that was going on in my head, you know, and stuff versus actually worried so much about the anxiety of making a putt and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I guess the music is my mint. <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> you got to find something to put you in your groove. Mm-hmm. And who would have thought it'd be a mint? It could be a lot of things, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, that just happens to be something that I use. I like to, you know, I like the mint in my mouth anyway. And so, I don't know, it just brings me current in the moment. It makes me present. I, you know what? I So, I did the same thing kind of too with sunflower seeds. I got big into that for a minute while I was playing and it helped for a little bit. And then I realized, I don't know if you ever chew, if you chew sunflower seeds very often, not very often, but but I, like I it do. just becomes a constant, uh, thing in your mouth. Like mm-hmm. you're just constantly popping one open and taking the seed down. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm not one that like, or I'm a person that spits out the seed every time as soon as I get the sunflower out of it, right? I've seen some people who like will have a patch in their mouth on this side and then they'll chew it and then spit the or get the empty seed over to the other side Uh, and then kind of spit that all out when they're done. I can't do that. I got to be like, I get the sunflower seed out, I spit it out, right? Uh That was getting into my drive because I need to be able to spit that out as soon as I get the sunflower done. But it just becomes a habit of as soon as one's done, you're popping another one and popping another one. And I realized I was popping one right during my drive and my mouth's trying to spit out a sunflower seed at the same time that I'm trying to concentrate on a throw and it wasn't working very well. <laughs> so I had to give up on it. You bring up a crazy process though. I, I got really good at being able to shell the seed. And then there were times where I couldn't spit right away. And so I would store them over on the other side and keep it. It ends up being messy. Uh-huh. But just the fact that you can, that you can even like shell it and then spit out the shell and eat the seed and then do the next one. It's like there's a process going on in there. I think that a lot of people don't realize how how cool that really is. Yeah. You know, it, it takes a little bit of coordination with your you know your tongue and your teeth and your cheeks. Yeah, and then and those that. ones that piss you off really bad because just for the life of you, you can't get it to stick between your teeth good enough to to break it to get the sunflower seed out, and you're just fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. Yeah. Those suck. Those yeah. piss me off. <laughs> then after a while, they're so salty that because you know my mouth just gets dry. It's almost like eating Sour Patch Kids or something. Mm-hmm. You're just, you, your mouth is raw on the inside. Yeah. And at that point in time, you need to stop. Yeah. And oftentimes I would not. And I'd continue to torture myself with the, the sunflower seeds, but mm-hmm. I don't eat them that often anymore. It's like eating I, a big bowl of crunch berries. And you know, just the roof of your mouth is just going to be demolished, but you've got to keep eating it. <laughs> you can't stop. <laughs> you can't stop. I do still enjoy the, the shelled sunflower seeds, though. I'll get a bag of those. Those are really good for you. you got to be careful because they're, they're pretty fatty, too. But they're good fat, and so you should eat seeds. Yeah. Um, you just shouldn't eat a whole bag at once. Yeah. And that's where I've got to be careful. No, I, I normally get through maybe like two mouthfuls of them before I'm like, eh, all right, we're, we're kind of done here. Okay. But, yeah. I normally have a, a big thing of water with me, too, though. So that, that does help in the scenario a little bit. It does. But you can't drink water while you have a mouthful of sunflower seeds. You have to... You have to like 
portion out how much you're going to put in your mouth before you think you're going to need water. Agreed. You know, you can't just like shove it full because then you're going to want water halfway through and you can't do that because then it's going to wash all the salt off of them and then they're just gross. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. You don't want soggy, <laughs> saltless no. sunflower seeds. Oh, that sounds like a terrible brand. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, a lot going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about what you know about the Jill Rogan experience right now. By the way, do you still listen to the podcast? No? I, in all honesty, I haven't listened to one since he moved over to Spotify. Really? One, because I don't really listen to Spotify. I don't have Spotify. I don't. I just, it's never been my thing. Um, but I know that Rogan's under fire right now. He's been under fire for a while, though. Pretty much ever since he moved over to Spotify. For one, because a lot of people think that he just sold out. But, I mean, dude, $100 million, who wouldn't? Right. Um, But... You know, especially with COVID and everything, he's been one of the people at the forefront, especially podcasting wise. That's everybody says that he's putting out misinformation and that he's trying to debunk, you know, this and the other. I don't know that he's ever intentionally tried to put out misinformation. And everybody, for some reason, I don't know if you've noticed this now, but a lot of people are like calling him out because he's like the question guy. Like, he's just always asking questions. And I'm like, well, how do you freaking learn if you don't ask the questions? Right. And I'm not, it sounds like I'm taking Rogan's side. I'm not really taking his side on anything because I don't really know, I don't know the science behind all this that we're going to get into. Mm -hmm. But I just, I know that he's always been the question guy. He's, he, he's always been a curious mind. He always wants to know these things. And he talks to people on both sides of most topics and most uh, concepts to get different, very, you know, to get different ideas. And then he takes his own thought from that, which is kind of what we talk about that people should be doing anyways. Don't listen to one side of a story. Don't listen to one side of this or that. Mm -hmm. Listen to varying sides and then take your own thought from that. I think that's, I think he's always done a pretty good job of that. Now, as I said, I haven't listened to him since he's went over to Spotify. So I don't know if that's changed or not, but I know that I've seen a lot of names that he's had on there and they are names that he's had on before in mm -hmm. the past. Yeah. So, to, I would think that he's still kind of doing that. It's it's the same show. It's the same yeah. stuff. It always has been. I mean, I know a lot of stuff has been censored or taken down, like different because Spotify has taken a lot of his episodes down, um, for just for different topics or stuff that I guess they, they didn't want to promote or something like that. I don't know if you've seen any from, of that from the past or mm -hmm. his more recent topics. No, past. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, and that's another thing I haven't researched. I don't know what. Uh, what kind of hand Spotify has in it as far as who can, who he can have on his show as guests and stuff like that. But I know he just had Alex Jones on a while back and stuff too. I would have thought if Spotify had an issue with anybody, it would be somebody like Alex Jones and they let him do that. But I don't also don't know what kind of, if Spotify has any hand in saying we stay away from this kind of topic or this kind of topic or something like that. It doesn't appear to. Okay. I mean, literally his show from what I can see is the same that it has been for the past <clears throat> at least, you know, four, five, six years. Gotcha. Okay. So I don't see any difference, yeah. honestly. And he's still bringing up controversial topics. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes very controversial. Yeah. And so what? one thing I don't get, see, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the Joe Rogan show. Mm -hmm. And I have been for a long time. Yeah. So, but you've got a lot of haters out there. Mm -hmm. People who just hate and bash, and I don't know why, because he's there, because they troll. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're jealous. Maybe they just don't like him. Whatever. I don't care. And then you've got people who like deify him. You know, they put him up on this pedestal. And you're like, you know, Joe Rogan can do no wrong or whatever. But then you got people like me. It's like, I think he has a good show. 
it, it entertains me. Mm-hmm. It informs me. I don't take it for gospel. Just like with everything else, when someone tells me something on the media or whatever, or on social media, just in comments, things like that, I go in and do my own research if I care about it. Yeah. If I care enough to know for sure, like this is a thing, especially if I plan on like repeating this information. Now, do I always do that? Probably not. No. And is the information that I'm researching valid? Who knows? I'm, I'm just, I, I kind of see what's out there in the ethos and, mm-hmm. and try to put together my own conclusion as, as well as that I can with what's the, you know, the information that's available given to me. So it's, he's just a show. I mean, he has a show that you can listen to mm-hmm. and if you enjoy it, that's good. If you don't enjoy it, don't listen to it. Right. So that's, that's kind of where I land. But, People don't look at things that easy though. It's not just, bla- it's not just black and white. It's gotta be, Oh, I hate him because, and then give reasons why you hate him. Then most of them aren't valid in the first place. Yeah. Or I absolutely love him, and he can do no wrong, like you said. Yeah. But anyway, so he's coming under fire now. And they're saying that since the beginning of COVID, that he has said that you don't need a COVID shot uh, or a vaccine and things like that. And I, I think that's another thing that was kind of taken out of context, from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. It's more of like he says, you know, if you're 21 years old and you come to me and say, should I get vaccinated? He looks at it from, this is a virus. Are, do you have a good immune system? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you eating right? Are you, you know, exercising right? And things like that. If you are, you're going to get over this virus. That's mm-hmm. That was his thoughts. That's not how media portrays that. It's like he said that you should definitely not get a vaccination. You don't need it. You're not going to die. You're going to be fine. That's how they portray it. Mm-hmm. Of course, because it's the media. Um, the biggest thing right now that everybody's taking off with is this ivermectin thing. So he, so ivermectin is a para, what, what is it? It's a par- anti-parasitic, anti-parasitic, mm-hmm. uh, that they do give to horses and cows and, and stuff like that for those, those types of things. The deworming. Deworming. Um, but there is a human consumption form of that in a tablet that he, that he admitted that he took mm-hmm. during this. People are not looking at that. They're not saying they're not saying, "Oh, there is a human form of this." It's just like all somebody Google's a picture of the ivermectin form that goes to horses and cows, and then puts wording over it that says that Joe Rogan is taking this, and that every you know the poison, uh, the the calls to the to poison and all that other kind of stuff have, have tripled and quadrupled because the poison control. Yeah, yeah, people are taking this and stuff. That's where people are morons, right? Yeah, right. I mean, if you if you if you seen if Joe Rogan said I took ivermectin, and you didn't research that and you just went out and started taking any form that you could get a hold of, you're a moron. Agreed. Right? Because that's on you. They're, dude. they're going to feed stores and getting the paste. Yeah. Which is not like what you would get from your doctor. <laughs> right. You know, ivermectin, for, for better or for worse, I don't really have much of an opinion on it, but. But that's what's happening, though. They're completely stigmatizing. They're focusing on this one thing, mm-hmm. and they're just blasting him for it, blasting and blasting. But ivermectin, to my understanding, it, it won a Nobel Peace Prize or the doctor who invented it or something back in 2015 for human use because they use it for river blindness in Africa, I believe, maybe maybe uh, Asia. But um, it has its, its anti-parasitic, and so there's a lot of parasites over there that we don't necessarily have over here. And so they're giving it to these people, and it was like touted as a fantastic drug. Now, does that mean that it's necessarily appropriate for COVID? I don't know, but, but it's been talked about way before Joe Rogan started taking it. You know, there's been a conversation yeah. about ivermectin for 
a year and this whole Joe Rogan thing just happened. So yeah. it's just because it, they attached it to him and they just been waylaying him with this crazy bashing of a, of a, you know, celebrities, all this. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't understand because COVID's not a parasite though. That's like, it's right. not a parasitic thing. So I guess I, I, I wonder Joe Rogan, me and you talked on the phone about this yesterday. Joe, you know, Joe Rogan's not an idiot. Like he's, uh, he's smarter than the average guy and he's not going to just willy nilly take this if he doesn't have smart people putting this in his ear that it might be a good idea or that, you know, we, there are proven studies out there to show that it can help against COVID. I don't, I don't think he's just going to willy nilly take something, you know, just for fun. It's just weird to me because it's not a pair, like COVID isn't a parasite. It's a, it's a virus. Not that it, not that ivermectin can't help against that. It's just, it's a different thing. To me, which is weird. I guess. I, I don't know enough about that kind of thing to really d- dissect it much. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that a parasite, you know, lives in a host, so does a virus. You know, it gets mm-hmm. in a host and it, and it feeds off that host. Now, yeah. a virus, I, I think, attaches actually to the cells and replicates, something like that maybe. But I, I, I shouldn't even talk because it, <laughs> I'm going to say something stupid. I know I am. Yeah. Because, I, I, you know, I've read this information. But for me to, to you know, repeat it, I, I'm just not going to go there. But... I agree with you, though. He's, I don't know why he made it public. because He's a public figure. And so it came out that he had COVID. And right then, right then people started laying into him. Mm-hmm. But this is happening. People are, are COVID shaming people, big time. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're not vaccinated or if you are questioning about the vaccine or whatever, they're like, well, you know, so-and-so, especially those who are like the anti-maskers, there's been several of them that have died and some like conservative talk show hosts around the country, things like that. And the media is just showing them like, hey, look, this anti-masker ended up getting COVID and died. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, they're like, see, see, we told you this is what happens. They're just looking for, for reasons to like lambaste people. And it, you know? that, that's what drives me nuts is that there's no there's no basis on the other side of that to like you can say, OK, well, they weren't wearing a mask, so they died of COVID. How do you know that even if they were wearing a mask, they wouldn't have still got the same had the same situation, right? right? You know, you can't. So unless you, I don't think you need to be opening your mouth unless you can prove both sides of your scenario, and you can't. No, there's no way to. No, and you know, I think we talked about it on the last episode with, um, but you know, it's the same thing with vaccination. You know, there's a lot of people that that say, well, I got I got COVID and it was really bad, and I'm so glad that I'm vaccinated because it would it would have been so much worse. There's a difference between saying would have been and could have been because you don't know mm-hmm. unless you've had COVID before and then got vaccinated and then you got it again and it wasn't as bad. There can be two scenarios there. One, the the uh, vaccination worked. It, you, you're you not near as bad or your body had it once before and it's like, oh, we've done this before. Let you know, we know how to fight it a little better this time. Yeah. How do you know who's ever going to know? I don't know, unless there's like a lot of studies done, you know, on people who are, I guess, willing to get COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be able to get the study done, you know. Right. Unless we're going to use mice. We're going to use mice. I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know. A, a mouse gets COVID. Was that like me getting COVID? You know, that's right. that's just a pretty, it's pretty uh, <laughs> far, you know, difference there, right. I guess. But, <laughs> and it leads back to the conversation we were having before. I'll go ahead and say it again about my social media experience. I very rarely engage in these conversations on social media. Mm-hmm. For one thing, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole with people. I don't really like arguing. And I'll be the first to admit, I, you know, I, I don't know much about anything like that stuff. You mm-hmm. know, I, I have my my fields 
where, where I study and I have a little bit more of an expertise, but about COVID and, and, and research and all that good stuff, I don't know. You know, I just, I, everything's anecdotal for me and I have intuition, you know, and I, I, I do see a lot going on within like society and, and I, I do study that. Anyway, you know, there was this talk and I'm not going to go through the whole conversation, but I made the point that I personally had COVID back in last October and late October and I had a really easy run at it. Aside from my anxiety, I lost my taste and smell, which really sucked. But nowadays, if I would have had the vaccine and they, uh, I had the same experience, they would have said, well, it's because of the vaccine. Or if I would have had the vaccine back then and had an easy run, I, I myself would have probably assumed that it was because of the vaccine. But there's no way to prove that. Hmm. I know that I had an easy run at it, and it wasn't because of the vaccine. The vaccine wasn't out yet. Hmm. So now... Um, but everybody is going to say, well, it's because of the vaccine. Well, a very smart guy and a very articulate guy fired back and said, yes, but you're one data point, you know. And so the aggregate of the studies are, are talking about the, the uh, decreased hospitalizations and deaths. And it happened after the vaccination had taken place for a lot of people. And so he was saying that you have to have a lot of numbers in order for, you know, that you know, to be a case in point. Mm -hmm. And I got that. And, and I believe he was correct in that. Still doesn't take away from my anecdote, though. It mm -hmm. still doesn't take away from the fact that there's this question about whether or not the vaccine or the mask or whatever would have helped me in that situation as right. opposed to now, you know. So we're, we're going to say, yeah, it was because of the vaccine. Well, was it, though? I mean... Maybe, probably, but right. who knows? I just know that um, social media is is the bigger virus than COVID. Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of the whole point to all of this. Like with the Joe Rogan thing, or with with whatever, it's this massive just like piling on from two different sides, and I don't even understand how there could be two different sides to a virus, but there are, mm -hmm. and it's and it's political sides. You know, and I, I see, and once again, if you've been listening to this show, you know, let me preface though once again by saying this is not about whether or not you should get a vaccine. It has nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. what, what I'm talking about is just the misinformation, the disinformation, the, the mudslinging, the back and forth, the political sides, the, the playing on this team or that team. It, it's a full contact sport. And so... You have people who just fall to anything the government says. Like they, they have faith in the government. The government says that you need to be quarantined. You need to, you know, uh, take this vaccine. They, they just fall right in line. They, they have that just basic trust. Then you have the polar opposite of that where anything the government says, people don't trust them. It's mm -hmm. always a trap. It's always a trick. And it seems like there's a, there's a very sharp line between conservatives and liberals when it comes to that. Um, I like the sound effect there. That, that was neat. That what really was that? came through to my point. <laughs> oh, so <Yeah>, virus protection, <laughs> dude. Oh, dude, crazy, right? I we've got to shut this down. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the one, one more topic that is somewhat related. I mean, it's it's related, but somewhat related to our our current path. Australia. You've been keeping up with Australia, any and their, their lockdown bit. situation. A little bit, yeah. Like it is pretty crazy. It's like, I get it, okay? Let me preface once again by saying, I get it. They're trying to control the virus. Okay. I just, it's a slippery slope, and I wonder where the line is, right? Because they've been on lockdown to where if you are outside of your house, apparently they have helicopters that fly above, like in neighborhoods, telling you to get back in your house on a loudspeaker. If you are, if you leave, especially the country, but I'm wondering if it, even from state to state within Australia, which I believe is segregated into five states, but if you come back to Australia, 
you have to quarantine your house for, I believe, 14 days. And the cops come and check on you to make sure you are where you're supposed to be. Well, now they have this, they're, they're putting in trial right now. And it's within the country. They say it's for when you leave abroad and come back. But right now they're trying it for when you're coming from uh, either New Wales or Victoria, I believe are the two states, back down to southern Australia, which is another state or South Australia, one of those. Anyway, you have to get an app on your phone, and that app has facial recognition and geolocation tracking, whatever. And so they're going to text you at different times. They're not going to tell you when, but you're going to get a text from the police, the government, whomever, and you have to respond to that text, and it's got to read your face and map your location to make sure you are where you're you're supposed to be, right. quarantined. And if you don't answer the text, then a cop is going to come and, and knock on your door. Does that, is that freaky or is it just me? Okay. Yes and no. It's freaky because you're basically putting people under house arrest and on parole for like, you know, the, the random checks and stuff like that, right? Yeah. But the other side of that is we're doing that already. Like you still use face recognition on your phone. So like if there was a way that, I mean, there is, but if they wanted to, you don't really even have to do an app. Like they could they could do that anyways, right? They can check your your location where you're out on your phone. They can, you, you're most people use face recognition just to log into your phone, all those kinds of things. So like the, that, that's only what the only reason why it's not as weird to me is because it's, it's on, you're on lockdown, but they could kind of lock you down without you even knowing about it. If they really wanted to, you know what I mean? They could, but a couple things here. A, you're right. Facial recognition geolocation that's that's already in place okay but right? but before you go too this is the other thing that my retort against the vaccination and the chips being in vaccinations too because if there's a microchip in there that's gonna like they could probably do better by just mapping your phone now i know you could not have a phone if you didn't want to but if you're worried about the government because of a phone you know having a phone on you then you're also probably not going to get the vaccination either right uh, well, not necessarily, but the, you don't the, think so. Well, the, the, see, and, and I'm a, I'm an, I'm an aberration, right? I, I, I land in all different spots when yeah. it comes to this. Good luck trying to like pinpoint my political location at any given time. Yeah, because I, I, I take every issue based on different perspectives. I'm not a team player. Yeah. at all. Same with like conspiracies. I'm not a chip guy. I'm not. I'm not a, a, a chip in the vaccine kind of guy. But go, going back to the the facial recognition. It's, it comes back to that frog in the, the pot of water. Like if the water's already boiling, he's going to jump out of there. Mm-hmm. But you turn it on slowly and you boil him slowly, he doesn't notice the difference. We already mm-hmm. have facial recognition. We already have these things in place. They, they can track our phones whenever. Now, apparently, according to our free society or the laws that we have in this nation, they have to have a warrant in order to be able to do that, right? Yeah. But, you know, Edward, Snow, uh, excuse me, Edward Snowden brought out the fact that they were tracking this metadata um, due to the Patriot Act on all the citizens, at least a, a, a large number of them, mm-hmm. right? doesn't mean they were sitting there reading all of our text and, and stuff, but they were monitoring the who you were texting, the the number, and I think how long or something like that, whatever. It was, it was metadata, but it was just this massive, massive undertaking of the, the compiling of data, mm-hmm. right? Anyway, these things are already taking place. And so when... There's an issue. We don't ever want to let, uh, waste a crisis, mm-hmm. right? We don't mm-hmm. ever w- let one go to waste. If there's an issue to grab power, 
chances are, according to history, that usually happens. And when they do grab power, they don't let it go. Right. Like, because the population wants to be safe. Okay, well, we're going to call on daddy government to make sure that they keep us safe. So mm-hmm. how can we do that? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to make you get this app on your phone. Right. So it's not just that they can, it's that they're telling you, you have to, right. You know, mm-hmm. it's not that they can listen to our phone conversations. They could, you know, they, they, they're the ones that have all the technology. I mean, they're in bed with tech or vice versa, whatever the case, but they can compel those big companies who also spend millions and millions of dollars to, you know, hold up these politicians, get them reelected and so on and so forth to get their issues passed. Uh, the ones that they care about. But but in Australia they're compelling you to like they're they're forcing you to they're saying if you do this then you have to otherwise they're we're going to restrict your your movement across the globe right and maybe even within your own country right so you've got to get this app you've got when we text you you better within fifteen minutes be responding with your face so that we can see where you're at to make sure you you're where you're supposed to be I don't know what the consequences are if someone you know if the cop does have to come and knock on your door. I don't know what the consequences are. I haven't heard anything about that. The, but. The, the other thing is, too, about Australia is that there's a hell of a lot less people there, too. That's something they could not do. Like, could you imagine them trying to do something like that in, like, L.A. or in Houston or something like that, some of these massive places in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. I don't think they could do that here. It's it's because there's so many less people there. Maybe. I think. Maybe. It's a good point, but it's, to me, everything is—I shouldn't say everything— because that just sounds like I am just totally conspiracy theorist, <laughs> which I'm not. Here's the thing. When, when it comes to my conspiracies, I see things as being like, I see the potential. Like that could happen, right? Which mm-hmm. anything, I guess, is possible to some degree. But I also look at the intent and, and like the history of, of a government, right? Governments aren't really known to really like be they don't tend to just worry about your freedoms. They don't tend to worry about your, your well-being. They worry more about the whole, they worry more about, you know, their power. They, they worry about those things. Mm-hmm. And so that's their history. And so the, the potential for their intent to be malicious, I think is another thing that gets to me. Like I, I don't have a whole lot of trust in, in the governments just about anywhere. I don't think that at the end of the day, they're going to be looking out for your well-being. I think they're going to be looking out for what's best for the government yeah. or what's best for, you know, they, they mask it sometimes as better for society, but is it really, you know, is it, or is it something else? So that's, that's the kind of rabbit holes I go down. Yeah. But once again, even the liberal magazine, the Atlantic is where I got the, the information first about this facial recognition app that they have to, they're very liberal and they even quoted it as, which is, a, it's a, it's an op-ed but it's which means it's opinion based. Mm-hmm. But they quote it as the the most Orwellian thing so far that we tried to use in order to, um, you know, keep keep the virus from spreading anymore. Right. So that term just in and of itself is pretty pretty telling that a lot of people are it's getting their attention. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people who are like you know don't worry about this. It's for one thing it's just in Australia, and for one thing it's you know it's only for people who come back from abroad, and they're just trying to keep everybody safe. Yeah, I get that, but it's a slippery slope, right? At least yeah. in my opinion. Could they do it here, like in a city like L.A.? I see your point, but could they figure out a way to get it done? Is there something else they could do um, in order to use a, a similar type of apparatus in order to track people? Because that's what they're doing. They're not just tracking people, though. They're letting you know, this is what you have to do. Yeah. You have to let us track you. Yeah. This is for your own good. Yeah, We're doing this for you. Now, now, show me where you're at, or, or else I'm going to send the authorities there. Right. 
to to make sure that you're where you're in it. Who knows what the consequences are? I don't know if you're not there. Right. So it's a slippery slope, my friend. It is. It is. And and I know, you know, you always go down the, like, you always, you agree with a lot of things, but when it comes to just a free, this freedom in general and taking away any of your freedoms, that's normally where you draw your line. Even if, even if you agree with a lot of the stuff that they're doing, if it's taking away some of your freedoms, you, you disagree with that. Mm-hmm. And that's where, I, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with what you're saying. Like it's, they could do these things without you knowing about it if they wanted to. But the fact that they're telling you that you have to, that now you're being forced to do something and that's taking away freedom. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I get, I get what you're saying. I just, I don't know, just because of the mass of people that we have here, you know, I just, I think that it would be, not that there's nothing they can do, just saying, I think it would have to be more along the lines of they would do it without telling us versus saying you have to do it and then see it and then have to deal with the massive uproar of people that would be against it. But what's going to, and that's another, that's another good point, but let me get back to that premise in a minute. What's it going to, what's it going to take for them to be able to, because they're going to find a way one, one way or another mm-hmm. to um, be able to use technology for ultimate control. And the fact that they want to, at least we're assuming they do, in Australia, they do. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine Australia is the only, only country. But the fact that they have the intent that if they could, we're assuming here, but they couldn't because of the massive numbers. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact that they, they have the intent that they if they could, they would. What does that say about, you know, what's what's going to come down the road? Because they're going to probably find a way. Yeah, And it also, I think, is an important note. Maybe it means nothing to some people. Maybe it does to others. But Australia, they don't. Their citizens don't carry guns either. They don't have that freedom, and so I don't know if that goes hand in hand necessarily. You know, it sounds a little more like China to me. That's something that China would do, and not a, a free nation to to use apps on your phone to make sure that you where you're supposed to be and have police checkups and things like that. It sounds like state control. You know, and it's state control based off of something that um, it was quote unquote, an, a natural pandemic, you know, it, it's, it's coronavirus has been around for a long time. I'm not saying it was released on purpose, but there's an argument whether or not it came from the wet markets over in China, whether or not it came out of the lab in Wuhan, you know, and there's an argument about that too. And that's also politicized, which is crazy. We don't know, you know, you're just taking sides when you say that there's no way it come from Wuhan. You have no freaking clue, not as a, just a normal everyday citizen. Somebody probably knows. Out but, there, but. but you're saying you don't know if it goes hand in hand with like not having guns also, are you saying that the government can, it's easier for the government to be able to force people to do that because they don't have guns? Like there's no retaliation in that in that way? And it's, it's, it's before that. And this is just my opinion, of course. But it, it goes, it's a little deeper than the fact that, you know, if they have guns, then you can shoot back. To me, it's more of a, a, a sense of freedom. It's, it's more of a, almost a demoralization of a, of a society. A, a, a society that can't, fend for itself right so basically a society that already has less freedoms than we do so they're more likely to not cause a uproar about this because they're kind of used to it already well and they're more likely to submit yeah because in australia my understanding is that it wasn't like the government had to come take their guns basically the citizens just gave them up it's like yeah we don't need these things man Mm -hmm. And, and yeah they don't have like as much of the gun violence, of course, right? Mm-hmm. They're, and they're a much easier to control 
part of the world too, because like you said, it's, you know, it's a smaller population. It's kind of isolated down there in the middle of nowhere. Um, so there's, it's easy to, to uh, easier to uh, manage all the travel, you know, and, and the, from abroad and then, and then to Australia um, or, or out of Australia. But it just seems like that if you can, if you can convince a society or force them that they don't need to be able to defend themselves, you know, and, and then if you start regulating the, the, the way that they grow their foods and just a lot of different things, then they have complete dependence on the government. And when they do have that much dependence on the government, obviously the government's going to be able to use that to tell you exactly what you can and can't do, like right. to a larger scale, right? Yeah. So I think massive numbers in the U.S. also is coupled with the fact that we have enough people to like fire back proverbially, not literally. Yeah. At when we when they feel like their freedoms are being um, infringed upon. Gotcha. Now, once again, I don't. You know, the vaccine's a personal choice. Wearing a mask. You know, I, I don't see anything. You know, to people who really rail about wearing a mask out there. I think they're taking it a little too far. You know, if, if you, if a business wants you to wear a mask, wear a mask, who cares? You know, it's just a face covering. And I see that they're, they're, they're going a step further than me about, you know, your independence and whether or not you should let somebody tell you what to do. But a private business, here's another thing too. One more thing and I'll shut up. Good. Florida also is now, because this is on the flip side, Florida's got a, a very Republican governor and he's firing back and Florida's in tough shape right now with coronavirus, with COVID. Um, he is finding businesses who say that you have to have a vaccine in order to come into their business. Yeah. Now that's just to show you where I land to some degree. That's not right either. No, because businesses are private, right? Now, if it's a, if it's like the state of Florida, like their public buildings or whatever, their state run buildings, that's one thing. He's got a little more say over that. He, he does have say over it, I guess. But like private businesses are private businesses. You can't tell them that they what they can and can't do. If they right. don't want people coming in without a vaccine, without a mask, how, it's how, wrong for how, the government how, to do that. How is it okay that I'm a private business and I can put a sign on my door that says no shoes, no shirt, no service, but I can't put that you can put a you have to have a vaccine. Right. I think it's your choice and I think you're an asshole if you're going to walk up to a business and it says you need to be vaccinated instead of just walking away and going to another business to eat, that's mm -hmm. fine with that. Right. You have to have your chicken wings right now from that place because you love them so much yeah. that you're going to be pissed off that you have to have a vaccination. Right. That's on you. That's, mm -hmm. that's on the consumer. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if you look at it, that business owner is taking a risk that they're going to lose your business permanently. Mm -hmm. And if, if that's their, that's the risk they're taking and right. let it, let that be on them. Let that be on them. Yeah, let the market. But they want their, they think in the, that only having vaccinated people in their uh, establishment is safer for everybody and people feel more comfortable being there if they're unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. Let that be. But you have to have your food right now from there because you love it so much that, no, that's yeah. not, that's on, that's on the consumer. That's on you. you call DoorDash. Yeah, absolutely. I bring it to you. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and so it works both ways. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm saying. But people don't see it that way. And the reason why he's doing that is because the 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 virus, the vaccine, the masks, the whatever is all politicized, man. Not that there's not a real virus out there. There obviously is. Mm -hmm. I know someone in my family, by marriage, that just passed away. Another person, you know. It, it's real. It's out there. But everything is so politicized that you can't hardly see the forest from the trees. Now, let me ask you this. Um, so I've seen that, that uh, this, you said it's the governor, right? 
Yes. Okay, I've seen that the governor. Santos. Yeah, I've seen that the governor's doing this. Dos Santos, something like that. Um, how is he portraying it though? Like, I know he's saying that if you're, you know, if you're a business and you're requiring people to be vaccinated, that they're going to fine you. But how is he like? How is he saying that? Like, what's the reasoning behind him him saying that? Like, you're saying it's so politicized right now. Mm-hmm. Is he? Is that what he's saying? Is he saying that it's not as bad as it actually? Or, or yeah, saying it's not as that bad as the the media is saying that it is. Yeah, that's his reasoning for doing this. So I, I got to be honest, I don't know. Oh, okay, I don't know. Okay, it, it might be kind of a drive by topic for for me and for you to talk about because I don't really have a, a whole you know wealth of information about what's going on. But I just know that it was one of the, uh, I ran across the article okay. and, and saw it. It was actually in a, uh, one of the sites I follow. It's called Being Libertarian. And uh, the, the, I've kind of followed the argument on there. Mm-hmm. And I agreed with the argument that, look, this is a private business, man. It, you either, you know, you're either for rights all around or you're not, yeah. you know. I mean, uh, you know, something, I don't know if we talked about it on the last episode or not. Did we talk on the last episode about uh venue like concert venues and stuff doing this now i think so I do we so. so i mean it's the same concept right. if st louis you know had a governor who wanted to come in and say well you know we're going to find these these music venues because they're requiring people to be vaccinated or show a covid uh a negative covid test mm-hmm. over the past couple of days or whatever to go to a show i still think that's on the business yeah. the business chooses they think that people are going to be safer if they prove that they don't have covid or they've been vaccinated one or the other, they think the people that are in that establishment are going to be safer. Right. I think that's on the business. If they lose people permanently, which I don't think a venue is going to lose people permanently, if the right band comes through that they love, they're still going to go there later on. But if they do lose people permanently, that's on, on them. They mm-hmm. chose they chose to do that. You know. But in the short term, to me, seems like the better route to go, honestly. I mean, it sucks, you know, because... Just because you don't, you aren't vaccinated, and because you haven't shown a negative COVID test in the past couple of days, doesn't mean you're not perfectly healthy, and that you're not going to be able to walk in there and not pass anything to anybody. Right. That's not that what that means, but you know. And just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean that you don't have COVID. You're not going to exactly. spread it to somebody else. Exactly. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, that's why the vaccination is such a. Uh, and everybody individually should really consider whether or not they should be vaccinated. You know, really, really. And a lot of people already have, obviously, but I mean, if you if you're not vaccinated yet, you should really, really consider it, you know, mm-hmm. for you and your family, and that's where the choice should lie, mm-hmm. you know, because as a society, I think the biggest argument is that the hospitals and the ICUs become overwhelmed, and so people who have non-COVID emergencies can't get in, you know, if you have a heart attack, you got to try to get into the hospital when it's full of COVID patients mm-hmm. who are, you know. I guess for the most part, according to the numbers, unvaccinated, mm-hmm. which yeah, that makes sense on a societal level, but just on the at the level of a concert venue, I still agree that it's their it's their business, their choice. But on the level of that, you know, you're going to go and be vaccinated with other vaccinated people, not knowing whether or not you're carrying COVID or not, mm-hmm. and can still spread it. Yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense on that level to me, you know. But on, I on, still stand by the, the the rights part of it. Yeah, on the on the larger scale. It makes sense that if everybody's vaccinated, the numbers go down. Like that's just like to me that that does make sense. But you're not going to get everybody to get vaccinated, and the fact that I can get vaccinated and but I can still get COVID. Okay, if I get COVID, it may not be as bad for me this time because I am vaccinated. But if you're not vaccinated, I could still give it to you, and 
that's not going to change just because it doesn't do as much for, you know, as bad to me doesn't mean it's not going to do the bad for you. Right. It could kill you. You know, it's just like before the vaccinations came out, they, you know, people were getting it and not even know they had it, but they are around people that they can give it to and it can kill them overnight. Right. You know, it's just, you can't really win for losing. It's just, it just makes you feel like if you get vaccinated, you're only helping yourself. You're not really saving other people. Right. And then when it comes to like a music venue, okay, only vaccinated people can be here. Okay. But still, people could still have it here. That doesn't mean that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I like, in my opinion, I almost think that the, as far as that sense goes, the people who are proving that they had a negative COVID test are, I would want more in here than just because they're vaccinated. You know what I'm saying? Because at least you proved that in the last two days you haven't had, you didn't have COVID. Right. Now that doesn't mean you couldn't have it now. I mean, if you had it two day, two or three days ago or the, the swab two or three days ago and you didn't have it, doesn't mean you couldn't have been around somebody yesterday and now you have it and mm-hmm. you could give it to everybody in here. But it still shows that you were negative for a virus, not that you were vaccinated for something that you could still have and still give to somebody else. Right. You know, so it's, it's a very slippery slope. Yeah. And you just, I think you just have to look at all aspects and you know as far as the the wearing a mask thing you know you're generally just help in that sense you're saving other people from you you're not saving yourself from other people you know and i've had mm-hmm. this argument a couple of times about you know my uh having a kid and stuff you know they're like well were you wearing were you wearing your mask when you went to walmart or whatever which i haven't been to walmart but i've been in this scenario where like you know, were, were you you know wearing your mask no okay you probably should be because you're going to bring that home to your kid me wearing a mask doesn't help, doesn't keep me from getting it. It keeps other people from getting it from me. So as long as I, the way I look at it is as long as I'm not like in direct contact with anybody and I stay, I keep my distance from most people. Mm -hmm. And even if the people that were around me were wearing masks, then I I should be good. Right. Technically. So, you know, cause it's all about the droplets. It's all about people breathing on you and stuff like that. So as long as I'm keeping my distance from people, me wearing a mask is just saving them from me, not saving me from them. So that's the argument that I, that I give there. Yeah. Although I do wear my mask most places now just because it, uh, it just make, makes me feel more comfortable. Yeah. I, I think it makes most people feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a perfectly fine response to a pandemic. Yeah. Is wearing your mask around people. Is it weird? And not really so much anymore, especially since I work in healthcare, I'm in a mask more than I'm not at least as much. Yeah. But who cares? You know, a mask, a mask. If it, I've often taken the, just the position that even if I didn't feel like wearing it, if everybody else feels more comfortable, then I can give that, you know, it's not invasive. It's not like it's, it's anything that's going to hurt me or I have long-term effects for or anything. The big, the biggest thing for us is that, you know, we live in a smaller area mm-hmm. and you know, as well as I do that a lot of places you're going to get the look of, you know, people being pissed off because you're wearing a mask versus not wearing a mask. Yeah. And I've seen it. You know, we went into a restaurant uh, a couple of nights ago uh, just to pick up food and leave. And we both walked in with a mask on and nobody else that was in there did. And you could tell they were just looking at us like, why in the hell are they wearing a mask? Mm-hmm. If you were really looking at this, all I'm doing is fucking helping you. I'm sa- If I have it right now, I'm saving you from me breathing on you or getting anything on you. Mm-hmm. So if nothing else, give me respect. Don't look at me like the fuck is this guy wearing a mask for? This is stupid. Yeah, you know it, it's it, it, that that's where ignorance comes in. 
Yeah, it, we do live in an area, a rural area, where I guess we got a lot of rebels. Got yeah. a lot of people that push back. We've got very low vaccination numbers in this part of the state, and um, that kind of comes with the territory, I guess, of just, yeah, I, I don't know. But we are more spread out, too. And so mm-hmm. I, I feel like cities are more vulnerable to viruses and things like that because they're so much closer in proximity to each other all the time. I mean, there's not as much room to stretch out as what we have out here. Right. And so I believe, though, on that note that people should just leave other people alone. It's like if somebody wants to wear a mask, then fine. Right, and that's what that's the biggest thing. Like, I don't care. Like, if, if you don't wear, I, I'm actually fine with going into a place because I can keep distance from people. I'm not. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I'm fine walking into a place and nobody wearing a mask there. Mm-hmm. As long as you're keeping your distance from me and not like purposely, you know, trying to force yourself in my area, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But don't don't demean me because I'm deciding to, deciding to wear a mask. Right. That's that's my biggest thing. Don't look at me like I'm stupid because I'm wearing a mask because you're anti-mask mm-hmm. when it's not hurting anybody. Yeah. You know, so. But and it goes both ways. And the, the, the logic's a little bit different. I'll give you that. But people who, you know, don't wear a mask and walk into a place where a majority are wearing masks, they're also yeah. frowned upon. They're looked at. Yeah. Now, granted, there's more of the, you know, I guess the other side of things there where, you know, they feel like that person should be wearing a mask because they could affect others around them. Mm-hmm. Towards if you're wearing a mask, it's not really affecting anybody else. They should just mind their own business. Right. But I, just, I don't think there's any, any chance whatsoever that this isn't going to just keep, like, people are just going to keep showing their ass yeah. through all of this. I mean, this is just society now, I guess. And it's it, we can't just, like, leave other people alone or just take, you know, the, the, the their best interests at heart or just their preferences, whatever. We have to try and... And project our and being general here, but we have to try to project our perspective and, and our morals and the way that we feel like things should be on everybody else, or else right. they are the enemy and, and they're the you know we have our side and they have their side and we're gonna fire off on each other. But but the scary thing is what you just said is like that's how things are now. It's like mm-hmm. when does this end? Is the question now? Like not when does this end? It's like does this end? And when we're not worried about COVID anymore. Do masks just go away? Are we not talking about people being vaccinated, unvaccinated anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, has it just become like a flu shot? If you want to get it, you can. You don't have to kind of thing. Or, you know, what is this? What does this look like? Because they're already, you know, the Delta variant of this is out and, you know, filling up hospitals again and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and different sources are going to tell you that you need to get a booster shot to cover that one. Or, uh, you know, that... Uh, the some people are saying that it doesn't matter because the Delta variant doesn't get isn't affected by the shot you've already had and stuff like that. You know what what happens now? Like how do we? Because they're saying now there's another one in was it China or something? South Africa. I South believe. Africa. Yeah, there's another uh, variant out there that hasn't made it here yet, but it's it's out there. Mm-hmm. And you know I think I made the mention to you yesterday. It's like it seems like in. Um, a lot of other countries, there's always been that, right? There's always like a virus that's out there. There's always a lot harsher things out there than there is here, it seems like, right? In certain parts of the, the world, especially yeah. like yeah. Africa and yeah. Asia tend yeah. to have the worst of like natural occurrences of like things like Ebola yeah. or, you know, it seems like uh, SARS in the, the original SARS or I don't know if it's the original, but the one that I originally remember hearing about <laughs> yeah. SARS and there was another one too. 
that come out of Asia. Mm-hmm. So I, they just I, they just have a natural habitat there, I guess, to to grow. Yeah, and to affect people. Yeah, but I mean, it just it, it just seems like because COVID is the thing right now, that's why we're hearing so much about it. But if it was something else, we probably wouldn't, mm-hmm. right? And it could be something that's worse than what COVID is, but it, just because it, COVID's the thing right now, that's what we're hearing so much about. Yeah. So totally. I don't know. I just I just wonder what things look like in a year from now. Man, I hope they get better. Well, one more note on the on the the private sector like restrictions and whatnot. Joe Rogan talking the other day, and this this is interesting, right? This is another layer to the onion. He said that um, now some of the venues, I think New York, I could be wrong, but somewhere over in the east eastern part of the country, some of the venues that he already sold tickets to, they're requiring vaccination status in order to get in. And he's telling those people, look, if you want, you can get your money back mm-hmm. for those shows from me. Because he, he, you know, either way, he's not going to say one way or the other, you have to be vaccinated. But the fact that they're forcing you to... Mm-hmm show your card and if, if you're one of those anti-vax people then he's not you know he's saying you can get your money back from it right that's also his right to do that because yeah. he's a private person mm-hmm. and it's his comedy show the mm-hmm. venues are hosting it so it's their right to uh require vaccination status but it's his right to say they can get their money back right, right? yeah it's just another layer to the onion but that's the way in my opinion it should be right because everybody has yeah their own right to do what they feel like is, is right. Well, the, these venues um, in, in St. Louis are doing the same thing. The uh, We were supposed to go to the story of the year and fivefold show at Del Mar Hall mm-hmm. or no, no, sorry, red flag and red flag jumped on the, the bandwagon of you need to be show a vaccination card or show a negative COVID test in the last three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what, I know that was a sold out show. I don't know what the numbers are as far as who got refunds and who didn't go to the show. I think it was still a pretty good show. So but, you, they did offer refunds if you mm-hmm. didn't want to, really? Yep. yep. And I, you know, I, I was wondering that leading up to it because you you just can't do that. Like you you can't, I mean, you can, I guess, but you, you can't. You can't just, you, you, you can't just, you know, two weeks before a show that you paid, you paid money to go to, mm-hmm. you can't tell people that you, if you don't come, you just lose your money to something you didn't want to, you didn't go to because they tried to force you to get a vaccine that, because then it places it on the venue to force you to get a vaccine or lose your money. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, so that, that gets, that gets rough. Yeah. You know, and it's just, but the same concept with Joe Rogan, like Joe Rogan has the right to, to refund tickets. And I think that was a smart move. I do too. You know, I, I really, I really do. Not even based on the principle, whether or not you feel like people should be vaxxed or not. It has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with it. Yeah. You know, I I think with a lot of things, like even like with Australia or or whatever the case may be, you know, no matter if you, if you feel like the vax is good for you and your family, that should be first. You feel like the vax is good for society. That's okay to have an opinion about that. But I mean, I think we got to, there has to be some pushback when it comes to the, the, the the rules and, and who's setting these rules and, and the kind of restrictions and, if they're stepping on our rights, you know, I think you got to take a look at that and not just blindly like go along with whatever the government or whoever says, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's important that you look at that and not let your fear of the virus to just let you give up on everything else that's important. Right. So the world's crazy. <laughs> the world is definitely crazy. So I'm just yeah. glad I have my little piece of it and I, I pretty much stick to myself. 
Yeah, I think that's the best route to go. Yeah. Because if not, you're going to get stuck in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a cool place to be I right don't want to be there. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Thank you. Thank you again, CEP listeners. Thank you. Thank you again, CEP listeners. Thank you. And thank you again. And thank you listeners. Remember to always keep your brain for the always keep your brain for the always keep always keep your brain for always keep your brain Remember to always keep your brain to always keep your brain to always keep your brain always keep your brains always keep your brains always keep your brains. Thank you again, CEP listeners. Thank you. Thank you again, CEP Remember. Always keep your brains. Always keep your brains. Always keep your brains. Keep your brains nice and toasty. Nice and toasty. Thank you. Thank you, listener. Thank you, listener. Thank you, listener.